This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team Welcome in the Welcome to NHL. another edition of the Grid for 60 Podcast. I am your host, Brendan Farrell. I'm joined by my wonderful brother, Connor Farrell. You can call me TC. And I'm also known as TCJ. Um, yeah, so welcome to our show. This is our second edition, our Wednesday edition. The NHL starts tonight. Tonight. Or at least it will when this Well, when this airs, yes. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, big, big things upcoming. So uh, Big, humongous things. We mentioned this in our first episode, but uh, it's a little weird, but... In our second episode, it was when we're actually going to do our season preview and mm-hmm. predictions for the Winnipeg Jets this season. And uh, it's it's certainly interesting. I mean, it's a season preview. I okay. Mean, I, I figure. All right. It was a preview without prediction. I don't know. Exactly. So, uh, certainly, certainly an interesting uh, season upcoming for the Winnipeg Jets. If anything, it should be full of plenty of fun storylines, I think. Maybe not fun, but uh, big, big storylines. Yes. And it's going to be hard to come up with our predictions without knowing exactly what's going to happen with Kyle Connor and Dustin Bufflin. Exactly. But hey, at least we now know what's going on with Patrick Wynick. Hey! That's at least so. We talked about that in our Monday edition. Yes. So, if you haven't seen that one... Go, go listen to that one after this, or pause this one and go listen yeah. to it and then come back. Either one works. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. But alrighty. So, the Winnipeg Jets start the season tonight. Tonight. Today. Who are they playing? Wait, is it, do they start on the second or the, they start on the third? Start on the third. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, they play in New York. In the New York New Rangers. York. Big road trip to start the season. In New York and then in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, but I think I think before getting into specifics, uh, uh, specific games, we should talk about how we think the season's going to go overall, right? Yes, I just want to – I'm just trying to segue. Um, and... So, I guess first let's start with uh, who makes this team. Yeah, I mean, we, let's start from the top, and we'll work our way to the bottom. Okay. Obviously, uh, you got the big three. Well, if Kyle Connor signs at if, some point. Assuming Kyle Connor signs. Assuming right. Kyle Connor signs at some point. The top line of Kyle Connor, Mark Scheifele, and Blake Wheeler is probably one of the best in the league. And, again, I, I mentioned how busy their opening schedule is uh, when we talked about the line ID on how waiting this long to sign might – under how many minutes line A plays, and I think the same argument could be made for Kyle Connor. So I almost wonder if that top line position is Ellers, Shifley, Wheeler. Certainly, that, I mean, I wouldn't rule that out. Or I, I, you know, I and I can definitely see, you know, if, you know, when Kyle Connor plays, it's going to be he'll probably play with Shifley and Wheeler. But I wonder if Ellers is going to move in and out of that role there. Certainly. I think start. that while he might not have had the point production uh, last year to warrant that, his shot his shot rates, his shot impacts suggest to me that he would be totally fine playing with Shifley and Wheeler. Yeah, and I, you know, and that's a lot of mumbo-jumbo, but just wants the game, nerd. But yeah, I like I like Ellers as a player. Is Ellers or Ehlers? I've heard both. I've, I've heard, heard both, both ways. ways. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I think he's really good. In the, I, so on that second line, Ellers, Little, and Line. Yeah. Do you think Line is going to – I mean, he's – uh, I, I, said, last, he I, I like, said last night I think Line is going to have a nice bounce back here. Yes. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised and, if he sniffs 40 again. That wasn't where I was going with that thought. I was going with we already know what he thinks of his line mates. Uh, his line A mates. Yeah, that that was that was that was a tough quote over there. That was. I I kind of want to know what's going on inside that locker room after that quote. Um, but you know the way things are, I think he's got to start on that second line with, uh, little little and Ellers or Kyle Connor, depending on how they want to. Uh, arrange minutes to start the season. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, but I just wanted to go back to the top line for a little bit because. Mm. Everything to me uh, starts and goes through Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler. Absolutely. And I think we saw last season when Shifley dropped the entire team, dipped. Yeah. The second half of the year, Mark Shifley was not himself. He's not a, was he playing hurt? I don't I, remember. I don't know. But, uh, you know. That's my first thought. Whenever someone has a sudden dip in plays, is he playing hurt? Is he nursing something? Yeah. But, uh, you know. 84 points ordinarily you would look at it and you're like, that was a really good season. Yeah. But it, it, it was a down year, certainly, for, for Mark – sorry, excuse me, Mark Scheifele. Mark Scheifele, yeah. And um, – The way he goes, the Jets go pretty much. Yeah. I mean, he's certainly – to me, I thought before last season that he was one of the more underrated NHL players. Now I feel he's, like he's one of the more overrated now because people talk about how good Mark Scheifele was. I mean, yeah, he just wasn't – it wasn't that good last year. Is Scheifele elite? I wouldn't quite go that far, but I think that he's probably within the top 20, 15 because centers in the league. If if he's your best player and your best player is not elite, that's an issue. For a long season. Yeah, that could be an issue. Well, I try to keep a, a strict definition of, of elite. So okay. I, you say I say definition. And to me, it's, it's like, you know, as far as it goes for centers, it's like Sid – Patrice Bergeron, Tavares, McDavid, Couturier. Yeah, you, you know, like yeah, you know, or Couturier, or you know, like that's sort of what mine looks like. It's not, a, it's not a very big club. You can't forget the NHL's most underrated Alexander Barkov. Oh my God! Don't get me started on, on I underrated have. Alexander Barkov. Properly rated Alexander. Yeah, Barkov. yeah, he's now firmly properly he, rated. Yeah. Alexander he's Barkov. consistently the most underrated player, but we're getting off. We're yeah, getting off you know, we're gonna get off. Um, so that's just who we are. So second line, solid, I think. Yeah, uh, I mean, certainly, I think the the Jets could do well to uh, replace or find another option uh, at the second line center instead of having uh, Brian, Brian Little. Little. Yeah, I mean, he's he's an all right. Third line center, just he's out of his depth on that second line. Yeah. Um, you might see him drag down the other guys he's playing with. Speaking of that, I want to know can Jack Roslovic play center? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Because if he can't, I mean, I, I'm just thinking out loud, you know, maybe we talked about line A, maybe uh, taking some time to get into his full. Uh, game shape maybe he's not playing 20 minutes a night or 15 minutes a night or whatever it is maybe Roslovic gets some of those minutes on that second line and I kind of want to see that early season 
almost sort of like a tryout say, hey, you did well in this third line role last season. Let's see if you can push that a little bit and have a, an excellent second line role this season. Um, but I think this early on is going to be his best shot to do that. Um, and if they can make get him to play center, I don't know if he can, but I think that might be ex- an exciting little experiment. And they're kind of friendly page lists him as a, as a right winger and a center. So okay, we'll see. So we'll see. I don't have a deep knowledge of Jack Roslovich's uh, yeah uh, minor league play or junior league play, whatever. But he, to me, he's one. He and Ehlers are their two breakout candidates. I think. Yeah. Um, it's kind of tough for me to say that. Uh, Ellers, Ehlers is a breakout candidate yeah. considering his draft pedigree. I think uh, the other player that but, can break out is Hanala. Well, we'll get to that later. But he has to make the team first. So. He has to make the team first. But even if he doesn't, he can play in the AHL, as we found out. Yeah. Or anywhere, yesterday. Anywhere, really. He can play if you, yeah. But if he goes to Europe, then that's that's pretty much it, right? He's not going to go to Europe. He can't. He's not going to leave midseason. Uh, no. Okay. So, second line. Top line good. Second line uh, solid. Uh, so top decent. line, top line. We'll I'll go. give an A minus for top line, and then maybe a B minus for the second line. Yeah. As far as second lines go, this yeah. is all relative to the rest of the league as far as top line talent versus second line talent. It will be interesting to me if the Jets are contending mid season. We'll see. There are a lot of questions as, as, as we'll go on with this episode, but it will be interesting to me if they try to do what they did last season. When they acquired Kevin Haynes, yeah, I'm curious if they'll do it again how, this year because I just that? don't think you can win a Stanley Cup with Brian Little as your second line center. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, he's I and I don't I don't want to say this as anything that's negative towards uh, Brian Little. I just don't think that's the right role for him. I think you're more comfortable with him in a third line role. Yeah, certain. You are certainly way more comfortable with him in a third line I, than you are a second line. They, and I think this just organizationally, the Jets lack depth at center, but they've got guys that can play that depth center. If that makes sense, they've got guys that can play that third or fourth line center. Uh, they just don't have that guy that can be. No, they don't have a. They don't have a second line. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Someone that you would feel comfortable with playing. Uh, was it 15 to 13 minutes a night? It's probably a little more than that. Probably a little more than that. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking the top de- defensemen get like 22, 23 minutes a night, and forwards get a little bit less in general. Yeah. yeah. It depends if you're talking five on five altogether. Or, That's fair. Or all six. That's fair. But, and, you know. And if you're the second center on your team, you probably are getting some power play time. Yeah, certainly. certainly. Or some penalty kill time. Uh, but then moving into the third line, I think you have uh, – I mean, you have a couple decent players on the wings. And, well, I, we already talked about Roslovic. Yeah, um, really like Roslovic. He had uh, 24 points in 77 games last season. Looked good. To me, he's, he's one of their breakout candidates. And I also uh, really like Matthew Perot. Yeah, I, I don't hate Matthew Perot. Um I don't know that much about him. I think from what I've seen, he's looked good. Um, and if he's playing a third line role, I think that's fine. I just, I don't see very much that's very special about Perot. I, no, just, I mean, I think, certainly he's not. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they moved him up to the second line 
uh, until Connor's back. I mean, if your third line is Perot, Lowry, Roslovic, Perot is not the guy I'm focusing on. I guess that's a weird way of looking at that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, I, I got I'm you. way more interested in what Lowry is doing or what Roslovic is doing. Mm -hmm. But as a line, they do have to all kind of work together. Um, so I think that's a pretty good, I would say, B plus third line. Uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd say like B minus. I'm, I'm, like once again, this is kind of a recurring theme. I'm not a super big fan of Lowry on the third line. I think he's fine there. I don't. I don't see an issue with having Adam Lowry there. Um, but I, again, I, I, I kind of see little Lowry and cop all in sort of the same tier, I guess, as far as, as talent level is concerned with, um, centers. No, like that, like that, position. that makes, that makes sense to me. And so I think third line, boom, perfectly fine with having Adam Lowry there. Um, that said that fourth line, fourth line's a little rough. Fourth line, uh, Gabriel Bork, Andrew cop, cop and I like. If Comp is your fourth line center, you there are far passable. you can do far worse as a with a fourth line center. Then. Certainly, I mean certainly passable. Um, but to me, uh, I'm interested in if um, Mason Appleton yeah. makes the team. Appleton's an, and, an interesting you know, one. Where he plays, it feels a little right. weird for him to play on that fourth line. But you know, I mean, if if you're moving Perot up, mm -hmm. or if you're moving Perot Roslovic up while Connor's out. You know, to me, I feel like it's a good opportunity to see what Appleton does with with more minutes, and less of an expectation of being like a grinder role. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't have that much to say. This is the fourth line. You'll see them. I don't know. Ideally, ten, ten, ten six. Or I was gonna say seven to eight minutes a night. Yeah, I mean, maybe nine. If they get some power play time, maybe ten or some penalty kill gonna, time. Yeah. <laughs> say they're not gonna get power play penalty, time. You know what I meant? Penalty kill time. Um, Maybe you see them 10 minutes a night. Uh, I just don't have that much to say as far as now Mason Appleton, I do think is interesting because we're still, I, I'm still not really sure what you're going to get from him. Right. Um, yeah. So that to me, that's going to be interesting to watch as the season progresses, how he plays with cop or, you know, how, you know, and that entire right wing, I feel like there are a lot of players that you can move up and down um, that way. I, I mean, I think because I mean Line A and Wheeler could probably switch if things aren't clicking then that first line the way we think yeah, it is. Certainly. Line A and Wheeler could switch. I could even see Cop moving around a bit. Uh though that's not the right wing. I'm sec I'm just kind of thinking, you know, Roslovic I think can move up in the lineup. Uh Appleton, it'll be interesting to see how he steps forward. Cause I mean, this team, all the wingers, and then even your top prospect Vesalinen is a winger. Like and I think that'll be interesting to see is if if Veselainen plays really well in the AHL, if w ideally where does he slot in? Yeah, no, I mean, it is a little interesting that a guy like Veselainen is ended up in the AHL with Kyle Connor still unsigned, certainly. Uh, but I think they, they do have enough guys that can move up and down, at least on the wings, that you feel comfortable. You know, if – if Lowry ends up if Lowry ends up playing like second line minutes, uh, it's not gonna be good. I have I have concerns about the Jets' depth in that you know if if, if Wheeler gets hurt or if Liney gets hurt or he goes cold, yeah. the Jets might be in trouble. Yeah, well, of course, if Liney goes cold, the Jets could be in trouble. You know, no matter who gets hurt. 
And we talked about how this team is very much, oh, if, if Shifley is bad, the team is bad. And I think you could form a very similar, to a lesser degree, you can form a very similar argument with uh, Line. Because, I mean, if Line is bad, you can, might still have that top line clicking. So I think there's a little bit lesser of a degree there. But if he's scoring goals, this team can be dangerous. Yeah, I think I think that's just generally how it is with a team like Winnipeg that doesn't quite have the the killer depth that you would see uh, with other contenders. Is that the Jets are really going to rely on Kyle Connor when he signed, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Ellers, and Lining. If if they're not on, it's going to be a rough season yeah. for Winnipeg. Especially, you know, to me, it really depends on how many games Kyle Connor is going to miss. If any. Yeah, if any. Um, although, having recorded this on Saturday, having it come out Wednesday, Wednesday, I am absolutely certain he's going to sign Sunday before both of our episodes come out. Oh, certainly. Uh, For sure. After we record it and both, before both of them come out. And um, the other thing I wanted to bring up was uh, I'm looking at yeah, I'm looking at special teams real quick. Uh, their power play last year was really good, converted at 24.8%, fourth in the league. Yep, they run that that one three one type power play where they've got a guy in front of the net, a guy in the slot, a guy on both half boards, and a point guy. Yeah, and that's something that we're seeing a lot from this this league. Well, one of, one of the things that uh, I I noticed was that. Uh, Ellers didn't spend a lot of time on the power play last year. He only played 79 minutes on the power play. Mm-hmm. With Kyle Connor gone, you might see more power play production out of Ellers. So I would imagine he's the guy filling in yeah. for, for Kyle Connor. I mean, I would imagine just because he's the next guy, the next winger up. Right. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Brian Little in that situation. I wouldn't put Matthew Perot in that you situation. Would. So I might try Perot in that, in that situation. You might. You might try Perot or... But I don't know if I'd keep him there. I mean, I might say, hey. Or if, if he, I don't know who they've got on their uh, second power play unit. I know with a lot of team that team tends to change, if someone's particularly good on their second power play unit, uh, they might be able to slot in. But, um, so, yeah, forward group. This is So this forward group is where the Jets are really going to shine. Uh, well, it's not the defense. <laughs> well, it is certainly not the defense. And we'll get to that. If, if Buff doesn't stick around. Yeah. And, uh, you know, let's, let's just, uh, let's just transition into talking about the defense. Cause I feel like that's where a mm-hmm. lot of the jets fans are concerned and really not even just jets fans, just people who cut, who watch the hockey league or national hockey league are concerned is, is with the jets defense. It's, it's pretty rough. They lost. That's where their losses were the heaviest trade away. Jacob Truba, a lost venture on, mm-hmm. And they lost Tyler Myers. And they might lose Dustin Bufflin. And they might lose Dustin Bufflin. They might just lose Dustin Bufflin. So essentially, they've really hit the reset on the fun. They, yeah, they, they're basically starting over. But they re-signed Morrissey. Yes. I mean, that was that was a big one for them, certainly. Is Morrissey the guy on that? He's going to have to be. He's going to have to be for right now if Bufflin doesn't come back. Which again, this will be one of those things that we find out in between recording sessions. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, just yeah. how it's gonna happen. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I almost forgot. I, you shouldn't have reminded me. That's not even a, something I, a possibility that I've been so focused on Kyle Connor and when he's gonna sign 
And I totally forgot that Dustin Bufflin could also hit that gap between now and Monday. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be our luck. That way. Yeah, it will. Well, to me, that's just not necessarily. It's not necessarily that the departures on the defense. Like to me, it's, it's not that the Jets are going to miss Ben Sherratt and Tyler Myers that much. Uh, Jim Benny might disagree with on Tyler Myers, <laughs> but uh, I don't think the Jets are really missing a lot uh, by. Not re-signing Tyler Myers, I think, got a lot more money than he's worth. The problem is that they haven't really replaced him with anybody good either. Yeah, so... When, when your right side is maybe Dustin Bufflin, Neil Pionk, and, yeah. and Sammy Niku, it's, I like it's tough sledding. I, the, the, so, the problem is the guys that they're filling in to fill this void of um, Truba, Myers, um, and Bufflin. Most of these guys are offensive defensemen, this new wave of offensive defensemen. Niku, very good offensively, very good at breakout passes, very good at uh, entrance, zone entry, uh, and the same as my guy, uh, Hanala. I'm sure I'm butchering that name. Hanala is another guy who's very good, very quick, Thought he's a smaller defenseman, which a lot of, which the 200 hockey men don't like. Uh, he's a smaller defenseman, but he's got good positioning. He's you know very quick thinking, and he'll get the puck where it needs to go. Um, and Pionk, the one his big upside. A lot of you know there's some questions whether or not he can play the tough minutes, but his big upside is his offensive capabilities, and it's it's more of okay, well if we're going to rely on our forwards to win us games and our defense is comprised. The meat of our defense is comprised of offensive defensemen. Who's going to protect a struggling Hellebuck? Yeah. I mean, to me, Neil Pionk at his best is Raz is, uh, is what people think Raz's wrist aligning is. <laughs> and at his worst, he's Raz's wrist aligning. <laughs> like, yeah. like they're both, uh, defensemen who put up points and they get this reputation for being like offensive defensemen or whatever. And then you look at the possession metrics and they're just awful. Well, it's just, it, it's not good. Uh, certainly does Neil Pionk have room to grow? Sure. Yes. But those kind of disastrous results year one does not have me super optimistic. Well, he did play on a, a challenge, challenged, uh, I was going to say challenging team, but he played on a, Team that was lacking in the New York Rangers last year. Uh, yes, but still, like, if you look at some of the, like, tracking possession stats, like, uh, you know, breakouts, mm-hmm. you know, they're not good. They're very ugly. And I almost wonder I almost wonder if he was asked to play tougher minutes than he was ready for last year. And maybe with new coaching, maybe. So I'm not – I know how you feel about Pionk. I, I – I'm not ready to quit on him yet. I I just I'm thinking, you know, if he's playing second pair, third pair minutes this season, maybe with some get some confidence under him. Maybe he's got some better coaching uh, in in Winnipeg. Paul Maurice has done a fantastic job as far as he's been here. To me, ideally, he would be playing like third pairing minutes with power play time. Okay, I can see that. 
But where, then that means you have to put, you put him, him in the lineup. So if you're putting him on the power play, is he your one defenseman that's your point guy? Yeah, I mean they gotta have somebody working the point. You yeah. know? It, it's it's gonna be difficult. I mean, if he plays a, a difficult pass, can you can you trust him to or, or the, a difficult pass that's you know going the other way on the power play? Can you trust him to track back and win it back? I mean, I was saying you could probably trust him to track back. Win it back is another uh, is another thing. I don't know. There, there's just a lot of there are just a lot of unknowns about Winnipeg's defense uh, between who's going to actually yeah, be playing, who's going to be here, between how they actually going to play. And uh, but I just wanted to point out, Sammy Niku is what I would call a Doug Wilson special, and that he was the 198th overall pick in the 2015 draft. And here he is. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty much the one guy, or I shouldn't say the one guy, but out of the the guys that you would say are quote bubble players, he's probably the guy that's in. Yeah, I mean, he struggled a bit last year, but you know that's what I would expect out of any you know defenseman in his very early 20s. Mm-hmm. And I guess moving away from these young guys that are good on the puck, maybe not so good, you know, defensively, although I will. The left hand, the left hand side is full of low ceiling veterans. Yeah. Well, uh, Morrissey's good. Morrissey's good. Morrissey. Morrissey's I like, fine. I like Morrissey. Um, Bolu, Bolu and Dmitry Kulikov on the other hand are. That was, that was going to be my question. Is not fantastic. What, because we're going to have to rely on one of them to play tough minutes. I would imagine it would be Morrissey. Well, no, I meant between Bolu and Kulikov. Oh, yeah. I would put Bolu above Kulikov, yeah. Bolu above. So we're thinking probably thinking Morrissey Pionk. Uh, yeah, that, that, might, that might end up being what uh, that is. Then you've got That's probably Pionk playing t- top pair minutes. Yeah, yeah, but who else is gonna play those minutes? Yeah, uh, the the defense is is a kind of a mess. Jeez, and then Bolu, uh, Niku, I guess. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough slide. Sorry, Kulikov, Hanola. That is that is one of the advantages is that there's there's room for for Hanola if they feel that he's ready. If they feel he's, I think ideally. I think ideally Buff comes back for one more season and Hanala gets some AHL time and then comes back a little bit seasoned. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. The whole thing is, is very interesting. I think at worst he ends up playing in the AHL and they just kind of yank him back and forth because the AHL team is in Winnipeg. They share the same arena. <laughs> so That's got to be really cool. If you're a minor league player and you're just like, oh, I'm playing in an NHL – Arena here. Yeah, well, I mean, the Sharks do the same thing with, with the Barracuda. They'll, they'll, oh, yeah. You know, they'll call guys up and call guys down, and then they can do it because they play in the same arena. That's got to be cool. They play in the same area, so it doesn't take long. Do you think the is the Winnipeg, is the, the, the Jets crowd the same as the Manitoba Moose crowd? I would imagine that's a little lighter attendance for the, for the Moose. No, I meant like the same people. I would imagine, yeah. The same social circles. Anyway, um, any other any other comments we wanted to make about the defense? On the defense, vaya con Dios. Um, but I talked about if the Jets are still contending, if they want to do something about the second line center position, 
I might have to do something about defense. That, that might be a bigger issue, I think. But that might also be – either one of those positions might be something that they deal with uh, depending on what happens with Bufflin. Because if he doesn't play this year or he just retires, that's more money they Buff- can play with for next season. Bufflin also, I think, is super important. You know, we, you and I like to uh, sort of make fun of – make fun isn't the word, but we kind of scoff at the idea of guys that are good in the locker room. Or guys that have these no, no, we, leadership we, intangibles. I, I scoff at when you acquire something solely for their locker room right. presence. And I, I think Bufflin is one of those guys that if he's not there, a lot of these young, particularly these young defensemen, they're going to miss having that that guy in that locker room that sort of balances them. That's sort of that's there. I mean, he's he's one of the most dominating presence on the ice and off the ice for this Jets. To very least, he's he's at the very least the most intimidating. Person. Oh my goodness! If Do you, not mess with Dustin Bufflin. <laughs> I mean, if if Bufflin's, I you're not going to get the same thing out of Morrissey. I mean, Dustin Bufflin is probably the closest thing Angel has to an absolute unit. He's he is an absolute unit. I mean, you can. I mean, he gives guys like. Uh, Ellers and Shifley and Connor Space, you know he's the kind of player that you you want out there. Like people say, oh, Tom Wilson's big uh, advantage is that he gives Ovechkin space. Well, that's exactly what Bufflin can carry two grown men, one in each hand. Meanwhile, the the kids just kind of skate right through. Yeah, yeah, and is. It's the kind of thing that you need on your team, particularly if you're going to try to make a playoff push. And I, it's the timing of his announcement, sort of. I don't know if he actually made a formal announcement, but it's just the worst because this this organization really doesn't have a way of filling that role right now. Correct. But I think if we can, if he can return for one more season, that can buy the front office, at, you know, enough time to figure. Sort of yeah. 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 Certainly. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Um, we'll really quickly touch on the goaltending before we talk about uh, what we think the prospects are for yes. the Jets season. Uh, I like Connor Hallibuck. I think he's a decent goalie. And goalies are just so hard to figure out, especially at his age. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that you, that uh, they'll have someone like Eric Comrie likely backing him up. You know, A guy who hasn't really had a consistent presence in, in the NHL. Yeah, I don't know. Comrie is – I don't hate Comrie, but I don't know if you want to really rely on him uh, as a break glass in case of emergency type goalie. Well, um, I mean, even as a backup, he, he's a, he has to be more than that, you know? Yeah. But I'm just saying if, if Helluck's bad, I don't know if Comrie's necessarily the guy you want to go – rely on and as far as hellebuck is concerned i'm going to use one of my favorite uh pieces of hockey wisdom goalies are voodoo yeah yeah no goalies that, that are voodoo. completely true and i think it's in particularly in particularly i think it is particularly true of connor hellebuck well just because there, there isn't really that much of a, of a sample size on really I think the easy answer is to say that he's not going to be as good. Um, he's not going to be that good. It's very similar to last season. Um, but I think that there's the possibility there for him to reach the 
you know, when, when the Jets were at their best and he was at his best to reach something resembling, maybe not reach that level, but reach something resembling that this season. I think that's a possibility. I don't know if I would bet on that. I don't know if Connor Hellwick doesn't really inspire the most confidence to me. But I'd, if you're going to get optimism from anywhere in this team, you might find it in Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting pairing because they're both so young. I, I think Hellebuck's 26 and Connery's 24. But, I mean, last season, 9-13, or sorry, a, yeah, 9-13? I don't know again. Uh, stalling. Uh, yeah, a 9-13 last season. Sorry, uh, I was looking at the hockey reference page. They had, like, like yeah, one you're... number and then one labeled career, and I was like, I don't know your, which one's which. Your uh, stalling technique is to say stalling. Yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 913 last year, a drop from a 924 the year prior, uh, which kind of just fits in with the rest of the Jets last year. You dropped from uh, 23 and three quarters goals saved above average to just 5.86. I mean, still a far cry from the depths of Martin Jones and Jonathan Quick yeah. last year. But certainly not 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 the it's greatest. Not, it's not great, not bad either. Like, to me, like at, the, at worst, Hellbuck is just okay. Yeah, I think if you want to rely on him being okay, sure. Will he lose you a game every now and then? Sure. Will he win you a game every now and then? Sure. Yeah, and that's just kind of what happens when you're yeah. when your goalie still you know. It's not like Hellbuck's been in the league for a super long time either. Yeah. So I don't know. There's there's not a whole lot to for me. To me, there's not a whole lot to say about Connor Hellebuck other yeah. than... I just wanted to touch on right. Eric Comrie real quick. Uh, in 34 games a couple of years ago in the AHL, he put up a 9-16, and then a 9-17 last year in 47 games. It's hard to be a really good goalie in the NHL. Yeah. It is, because you know, the team defense at that level isn't exactly great, and it's, it's just kind of a, it's kind of a well, hard way to get a foot in. If, and, if Bufflin's gone, the team defense at this level isn't going to be great. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's a big drop-off between bad NHL defending and, like, bad AHL defending, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, um, uh, I mean, certainly if anyone from the NHL is going to get a look, Eric Comrie is, you know, I mean, when you put up those numbers at the NHL level, yeah, you deserve it to get a look at the NHL, like like a real look at it. And I will say this. If either of these guys struggle, like, really struggle, they got to keep in mind – Burden is knocking on Mikhail the door. Burdeen. Burdeen? Yeah. I corrected you last night on yeah. this, too. Are you sure it's not Burdan? It's Burdeen. Pretty sure. Okay. But, uh, all right. Could be so, knocking on the door. Predictions. Predictions. Playoffs. Yes. Where do you think they're going to finish in the Central? Okay, so this is an interesting one because this is going to be a really bad year to be sort of a middle team in the central you know what i mean right like you like th there's you're gonna have some really really good teams in the central and you're gonna have some really really bad teams in the central and the jets are somewhere in the middle and that just kind of isolates them um i think they finished probably fourth or fifth uh to me it, it's tough because there's just so many good teams in the central this is like this is one of those years where i feel like you're just better off like just putting the teams through a random number generator and like 
making that like pick the order of where the teams are going to finish because the central is just so up for grabs and just so open that uh, I think anyone can really contend. That being said, it's hard for me to put the Jets even in like the top four of their own division. Granted, they could finish fifth and I, still make the playoffs because the Pacific is just so bad. See, that's what I was I was gonna say. I think they can make the playoffs. I don't I don't have a set standings in my head, but I think to me the Jets scream wildcard team. To me, I think that I think that St. Louis is better. Mm-hmm. I think Nashville's better. I think Colorado's better. Yeah. Then from is Chicago there, better? I don't think I've, so. Wait, when you say is better, you mean has improved or is better than Winnipeg? It's better than Winnipeg. Because I was going to say, I think Chicago's going to take a step forward this year. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, anything can happen in the Central, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, Minnesota can make the playoffs. And I, wouldn't I be have super no surprised. idea what Minnesota's going to do. Yeah. Minnesota is like one of, <laughs> is a what? No pun intended, is a wild card. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, like Minnesota's kind of gonna be like team chaos in the Central Division this year. Um, but they could be really good. They could be really, really bad. For whatever reason, I'm not feeling it with Dallas this year. Uh, it's just because they took Joe Pavelski from you. Man, I don't know. I think Dallas. To makes me, the I think it's just like their average age is like nearly in mean, a retirement home. But uh, yeah, I think yeah. I think that I just think that Winnipeg is at best fifth in in the, in the Central this year. Maybe, That's maybe fourth, you know. I, I can, I can somewhat agree with. I mean, I don't see them cracking the top three. So uh, I'm going to go with no playoffs for Winnipeg. Ooh. I think they make it close, but I think ultimately what's going to happen is they'll get towards the deadline, realize that they're probably not going to be a contending team, and I don't think they're going to sell. I don't think they'll buy either, and I think that's when you'll see them kind of drop out. Now in this. Does the presence of Buffalo make the difference for you in this? A little bit. If Buffalo is on the team, can they make the playoffs? I mean, the problem is that Buffalo's getting older and he's not quite the player that he was. But I think that he's still I – mean, I mean, if he was in the line, he's the best right-handed defenseman, like hands down. Yeah. No arguments for me there. I don't think it's going to be a make or break on the playoffs for Buffalo. Actually, it might be, but – I mean, because I, the difference I, I don't, between I don't missing think it, the playoffs and making the playoffs is not very big. To me, I think, it, I think it's a bigger difference between maybe making the playoffs and not making the playoffs if Buffalo plays as compared to making the playoffs versus definitely making the playoffs, you know? So I say that again? So to me, I think that the Jets are more in the might make the playoffs tier. Mm-hmm. I think, But I think there's a bigger difference between the Jets being will make the playoffs and might make the playoffs, then might make the playoffs and won't make the playoffs. Okay. I think they're more on the bottom end of the bubble is basically. Okay. I'm just going to be optimistic. I'm going to say they make the playoffs as a wildcard team, but they'll make the playoffs, I think. Yeah, And then once they're there, who knows? That's true. I mean, that's certainly true, but I still feel like this isn't the same Jets team from a couple years ago. Well, I mean, it's, it's a lot of the same pieces. Yeah, they just don't have the same depth. Though. They, they don't have the same depth. Um, something I just thought of, if Bufflin is retired, can he sit out most of the season and then come back halfway through the season and give them make make a playoff push with the team? 
I don't know off the top of my head. Because like, that would be that would be a three. But he, chess I mean, move. like, yeah, he could pull a team move Solani move there, but I don't know if I think I think it would be with the same contract though. Yeah, that's. I don't. I don't think. But that, if, I mean, what is what is the team going to do with that cap space between now and say the trade that trade deadline? I mean, you're right, but I'm I'm just saying that any other way would be uh, salary cap circumvention probably. So. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Grit Per 60. Uh, feel free to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Grit Per 60 Pod. Uh, follow us on Spotify and iTunes. And, yeah, I think that is, that is it for this episode. You got anything else? No. All right. Sounds good. Follow me at uh, TC underscore 904 on Twitter. And uh, on Twitter, you can follow me at bfarrell727. All right. That's another episode. Thanks, everyone, for watching, and hopefully See you Monday. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.